This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, June 28, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. The Supreme Court Monday threw out the so-called clean elections regime in Arizona's governor's race. In doing so, the high court has dealt a serious blow to public financing in political races. John Samples, director of the Cato Institute Center for Representative Government, talks about the decision and the potential chilling effects of those kinds of regimes. Justice Roberts basically argued that um, you spending money on your own campaign to speak uh, triggers a government entity to then pay your opponents uh, some sum of money which, with which they may then uh, speak in, in a public arena. The idea is to level the playing field. Justice Robert, Chief Justice Roberts said this is burdensome and significantly uh, burdensome. Is it fair to say that, look, another person's speech cannot be viewed as substantially burdensome to someone else who is speaking? The big picture here is the First Amendment doctrine about freedom of speech that uh, the government should not be involved in chilling speech, reducing speech in some way through policies. In this case, you have matching funds that are aimed, as you say, at leveling the playing field. And what they do is tell people who are privately financed, if you raise money beyond a certain level, the government will take tax money and give it to your opponent. And then that is a cost or a burden on your fundraising that will lead you to not do it. And therefore, there's this empirical question, do you not do it? And if so, then there's a chilling effect on speech. Isn't it sort of a problem of piles? I mean, for every dollar you spend on speech, if your opponent gets 50 cents or a dollar, you know, maybe that's not particularly burdensome, but uh, certainly $1,000 for every dollar you spend or one of your supporters spends, that's one of the parts of this case is that it includes independent expenditures made on your behalf as a candidate, uh, that's clearly burdensome. That's right. I mean, in this case, as Chief Justice Roberts pointed out, the actual number is something like 94 cents on every dollar. If you raise a dollar, your opponent gets 94 cents in independent groups and so on. I think there's also, uh, that's not at the heart of this case, but easily could have been, uh, is the idea of compelled speech, which is that in raising money for you, to make your case, you have the effect uh, through the tax system of uh, giving money to your opponents and, in a sense, being compelled to support their ideas. And the other thing that does show up in the case, I think, is important and very crucial to the idea of public financing is these matching funds and these kinds of uh, policies were undertaking to support public financing. That is, the idea is that if you can raise more money uh, through private financing, public financing of an election will be less desirable. And if it's less desirable, few people will take part and eventually the whole scheme will break down. So the purpose was not just to level the playing field of matching funds, but to get people into the public financing system and indeed ideally everyone into the public financing system. At that point then, everyone's within the limits So it has the effect of reducing uh, speech that otherwise would have taken place under a private financing system, which would presumably have involved outlays larger than the public financing limits. So there's a number of different ways in which this limited speech 
Uh, and you know, the other thing you have to say about this, this is basically a, a fundamental kind of uh, issue of philosophy because clearly these kinds of ideas relate to a level playing field, to equality of speech, to equality of resources for speech. And so it's not just Citizens United or not just the last three or four years of Supreme Court decisions that have brought us to this day. It goes back to Buckley versus Vallejo, which said that equality, the level playing field, is not a justification, can't be, for, um, f for regulating uh, free speech. And it can't be because it requires continual management of various kinds, whether either to suppress or prohibit speech, or in this case, to get involved and try to reward some kinds of speech or subsidize some kinds of speech. Basically, this is uh, well down the line of in cases that go back more than 30 years to say the First Amendment it really prohibits management of the political system, management of freedom of speech in a democracy. That's what's at stake here. John Samples is director of the Cato Institute Center for Representative Government. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.